Well, welcome to Grace. It's Easter Sunday. Anybody happy to be in the house today on Easter Sunday? I wanna say hi to all my friends out in the lobby. Make some noise out in the lobby so we can hear you. We heard them, we heard them. They're there, I heard them, I heard them, they're there. It's just a great day, and today is a big day. Easter's a big deal. Easter's a big deal, and what we're celebrating today is a big deal. And I know maybe we got some guests with us today. It's your first time at Grace. I first wanna say welcome, and since it's Easter and you have brunch plans, I will be cutting my sermon just a little shorter. I'll only be going for two hours today. It's a joke, it's a joke, don't run, don't run, you got time. But Easter's a big deal. In fact, it's such a big deal, I think this quote from Rick Warren puts into perspective how big today is. It says, 2,000 years ago, in the Middle East, an event occurred that permanently changed the world. Because of that event, history was split. Every time you write a date, you're using the resurrection of Jesus Christ as the focal point to that date. It's a big deal. And today we're gonna break today's talk into three areas, three subjects we're gonna focus on. First, we're gonna focus on the cross. And then we're gonna focus on what we're calling the morning. And then we'll talk about the call. So let's start with the cross, because we can't get to the celebration of today without fully understanding the cross. Fully understanding what the cross means. And we gotta ask ourselves this question, why is the cross important for you and for me? Why is what Jesus did on the cross important for us thousands of years later? The cross is important because there was a price that had to be paid. There was a price that had to be paid for you and for me and everyone on this earth. The price had to be paid because of sin. See, at the very beginning, if you, if you read the Bible, at the very beginning in Genesis, we hear of a creation. And it was beautiful. It was perfect. But in this creation, we hear of humanity's fall. We hear of humanity making a decision that had sin enter the world because of this decision. And with this sin that entered the world at that moment, something happened. Something happened in that moment. What happened was is there was a gap formed. There was a gap that came between God and humanity. There was a gap caused by sin. And the reason there's a gap is because where God is in heaven, the standard for heaven is perfection. Anybody in here perfect? Not a lot of hands. Anybody in here spouse is perfect? Saw a lot more hands go up, good job. The truth is, the standard of heaven is perfection. And when sin entered the world, there was a gap between us and God. And that gap caused this thing called death. That at this moment, there was, there was time stamps to our life. There was an end. Death was the end. Sin, then the gap, and then the death. But then we read out of John 3, 16, this is very important. This is why it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. He gave Jesus to the world. Jesus comes in the form of an infant. We celebrate that on Christmas. And he lives a perfect life. Perfect in every way, no sin, nothing wrong. He was 100% perfect and he lived that way for 33 years. 33 years he lived that way. Perfect in an imperfect, 
broken, sinful world. But when he was 33, he was taken. He was taken as he gave of himself. And he was taken to the cross. And please excuse me, I'm going to get maybe a little graphic here, but I feel like we have to understand what the cross was. The cross was not an easy experience for Christ. In fact, it says that he was beaten beyond recognition. He was whipped and stabbed and mocked and then finally nailed to a piece of wood. And as he hung on that cross and his blood was shed, it was the blood that was shed to cover humanity, to bridge that gap. His sacrifice for you and for me, this perfect Messiah, feeling so much pain. The cross is the one-time payment for your salvation. He could have at any moment came down from that cross. He is God, but he hung there for hours in excruciating pain because he knew one day in 2023 there would be people in a room who would hear his message and make a decision to spend eternity with him. And he loved them that much. What this is in Jesus' perfection and his sacrifice, Jesus in this moment is the only one that can bridge the gap between us and God. There's nothing we can do to bridge that gap. But Jesus becomes that bridge. It says this in Romans 5, 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, we talked about that at the beginning, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it. It will live in triumph over sin and death and through this one man, Jesus Christ. His sacrifice on the cross bridges the gap. But that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of this amazing story because he's on this cross and he hangs there for hours and he takes deep breaths as he struggles and he utters these last words, it is finished and he dies. He dies. But our next point is in the morning because he died at that moment, evil, the enemy thought he had won thought he had taken out the Messiah, and Jesus did go to the tomb. But three days passed by, and on the morning of the third day, he rose from the grave, at that moment conquering sin and death forever, creating the pathway for us to spend eternity with him. It says this in Luke 24, but very early on the Sunday morning, the woman went to the tomb, taking the spices they had provided to prepare. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. Think about this moment. Where's Jesus? Where is he? I saw the stone get rolled in place. I saw his dead body. But just a couple verses later, this is what our faith, our Christian faith is built on. It says he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. He isn't here, he is risen from the dead. Our whole faith, the whole Christian way of life is built on the resurrection. It stands on the resurrection. 
In fact, in, fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, it says that if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. Our faith stands on the resurrection of Jesus. And there, 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 in fact, there's more proof that Christ rose from the dead. There's more evidence that Jesus rose from the dead than there is that Julius Caesar ever lived. There's more proof and evidence that Jesus Christ rose from the dead than Alexander the Great died at the age of 33. This is not something that's just hypothetical and something we, there's more proof of this event in history than a lot of other things that we take as truth. What does the resurrection mean for us? What does Christ conquering the grave mean for us? Because there's an order to the resurrection. First Christ dies, goes to the tomb, he raises three days later, and then he ascends to heaven. What happens in this moment? This is the pathway for us. His resurrection and what we stand on as truth creates a pathway for us to spend eternity with him in heaven. Resurrect, the resurrection is everything. He is alive today and it changes everything. I'm gonna say that for the people in the back because you didn't hear me. He is alive today and it changes everything. And he's not just alive up in the clouds as this distant God, he is alive here, moving amongst his people in the city of Reno, in this building, in us. He's an alive, active God. Death thought that it could stop him, but that only began what was to come for eternity. He is alive today and that changes everything. Let's begin just to take a moment Take a moment and process this, that he's alive. What does that mean for you? What does it mean for us? He's alive, he's present, moving now. Alive, yes, God. One more time, think about this the truth of the resurrection, what the stone means. Do you believe it? So we have the cross and we have the resurrection. We acknowledge that he rose and he's living. But now the third part of the message, the call. The call that has been passed down from generation to generation, from grandparent to parent to child. The call from Christ to us. For us as humanity to turn our lives over to him to surrender our life to him, to ask him to come into our life and to become the king and Lord over our life. This call is the most important call that can be offered to us. There's a lot of voices in the world. There's a lot of messages that we hear in the world, but this message stands apart 
This message isn't about purchasing something. This message isn't about having fun. This message is an eternal message. How we respond to this call that is given to us through salvation determines our eternity. And this salvation that is offered in this call is a gift. It's not earned. It can't be worked for. You can't do good deeds. You can't, you can't just do enough to receive this call. You can only respond to this call that is given freely. Ephesians 2, 8 and 10 says this. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that you have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do good things planned for us a long ago. Salvation is a gift, and it's for everyone. It's for everyone. And like I said, it's not something you need to earn. It's not something you have to work for. It's not something you even have to get your life right for. But when you step into it, it will get your life right. Salvation is a gift that is given to us from God in the form of his son, Jesus. The only thing we have to do is receive. And you might ask, why is this call so important? The response to this call changes everything for me. When I respond to him and ask him to be the Lord and Savior of my life, to forgive me of my sins, to come into my heart, to rule over me, something happens. It doesn't just change how I live today. It doesn't just change how I live tomorrow, even though it will have that impact. It changes everything so much so, it changes the fact of what happens to me after my body dies. After I go to the grave, that is just the beginning for me as a follower of Jesus. Because what the response of this call means is that I will never taste death. I will spend eternity with him in heaven forever. Forever and ever and ever. I will live with him in eternity. I won't have to taste what death is. That's why this call is so important. I want us to just take a moment to think about this. Just as death couldn't stop him, when we respond to his call to us, it will no longer hold us. Think about this. Death is never gonna hold you, so it's never gonna hold me. You're the only thing holding on to me. The call that's been passed down. And death is never gonna hold you. So it's never gonna hold me You're the only thing holding on to me This call is so important. And I know that there's some of us in this room today, maybe watching online, who are saying, but Shane, you don't know me. I have too much of this sin you talked about. I have done too much that separates me from God. I have a laundry list of things and mess ups and mistakes. Hear me say this, the cross and resurrection is sufficient to cover your sins and mistakes. Some of you might be saying, but Shane, I've been hurt. I've gone through pain, I carry baggage. 
I've gone through so many hurts and pains and I'm just surviving. Hear me say this, the cross and resurrection is sufficient for your hurts and pains. You might say, Shane, I don't fit in. I don't do church. I don't, I don't even know why I'm here. Someone drug me. My wife said I had to to eat later. <laughs> Shane, I don't fit in here. I don't know all the religious practices. I, I don't know all the steps. I just don't fit in. I want to share with you a really cool story. When Christ was on the cross, when Christ was on the cross, there was two men brought out with him. And they hung on crosses next to him. And there's an interaction that goes on between Jesus and these two men as he is in pain, dying for the sins of humanity, shedding his blood. He's having a conversation with two people. One of the men begins to mock Jesus. Well, if you really are the king of the Jews, if you really are the Messiah, just get down. Come on. If you really are who you say you are, just get down. And I wanna make this clear. Jesus could have got down at any moment. He could have called angels from heaven and changed everything but he didn't because he loved you. And then there's another man who begins to defend Jesus on the cross. He begins to defend Jesus, and as Jesus uttered his last words, it is finished. This man had some last words as well. He said this to Jesus. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. Can you imagine what that moment was like? He says those last words, Jesus, remember me. Here's the promise from Jesus. And then he closes his eyes and he wakes up in heaven. What am I doing here? He starts to walk around and there's probably hundreds and hundreds of people there and he hears a conversation and they're talking about baptism how great their baptism story was. And they look over to him, they say, are you baptized? Nope. Then he goes over to another group of people. They're talking about communion. And they ask him, have you ever taken communion? His response, no. Well, have you ever served at church? No. Have you ever attended church? Nope. Have you ever read the Bible? Nada. Have you ever helped anyone? Not a day, in fact, I'm a thief. What have you done? Why are you here? And I just, this is how I see it in my head. They start to turn and they're looking at him like, how'd this guy get in? We worked hard. And they look at him. How'd you get in? And he looks above the crowd and he sees Jesus maybe off in the distance and he just points at Jesus. He says, I'm with him. I'm with him. He said, come, so I came. It's not about religion, it's not about traditions, and yes, there's things in your life that will change, but the first thing we have to decide is am I with him? Am I with him? Some of us in this room today might be ready to make that decision. I just wanna be with him. I just wanna be with him. I'll figure everything else out later. I, got, I know you got stuff. I know you got mistakes. I know you got sin. Just get with him. Don't try to get right and then come to Jesus. Come to Jesus broken. Come to Jesus hurting. 
Come to Jesus lonely and watch him mend the wounds. Watch him set you free. Watch the chains of bondage start to fall away. Just come to him. And I'm about to pray a prayer. So if everybody could just close your eyes with me. I'm gonna pray a prayer. And if you're in this place this morning and you're like, I, I need to come to him. I need Jesus to become the Lord and Savior of my life. As I begin to say this prayer, I want you to repeat it after me. You can repeat it in your heart. You don't have to repeat it out loud. But I just want you to say these words as you invite him into your life, as you respond to the call that's been passed down. Let's pray together. Father God, I come before you broken, a sinner, with mistakes and baggage and hurts. But today, I ask you to come into my life, to set me free. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me clean. Make me new. I want to spend eternity with you. Become the ruler over my life, my reason for living, as I submit my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.